Did you know I wrote a book? My book, Diabetes Sucks, You Can Handle It, is your guide to managing the emotional challenges of type 1 diabetes. And I want to offer you the book for free. You can download the book by going to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash book. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash book. You'll join thousands of other people who have read this book and taken the skills and tools they've learned from this book and applied them to their lives with type 1 diabetes. You can download the book now and start implementing the tools today. That's www.thribepsychologist.com forward slash book. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. This episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast is brought to you by Vertex Pharmaceuticals. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Nothing scares people with type 1 diabetes more than thinking about having a low blood sugar. And what happens is people tend to snowball their thoughts about having a really severe low blood sugar and thinking about the possibilities of that happening. And if that does happen, how they would deal with it. First of all, would they be able to survive? Would they have a seizure? Would they pass out? Would they die? And second of all, if they do survive, what would life be like for them with type 1 diabetes after having a severe low blood sugar incident? And I want to talk about this today on the podcast. Let me start off with a personal story. I was diagnosed with diabetes um, 23 years ago. And for the first 10 years of my life with type 1 diabetes, things were fairly smooth sailing for me on the low blood sugar front. Sure, I was burnt out and I was frustrated, but I never had a severe low blood sugar. And then about 10 years into my diagnosis, I had several low blood sugar incidents, which were really, really scary. And I want to tell you about one of those today. It was 2009 or so, and I had had a friend over to my house for dinner. We had dinner, and a couple hours later, he left. And I went to bed, and thinking everything was just fine. I was enjoying myself. I had a great dinner. And I went to sleep, not sure how much insulin I had on board at the time. But the next thing I know, I woke up the next day about 4 o'clock, and I was drenched in sweat, I was completely confused, and I had no idea what was going on. When I woke up, I thought it was morning time, and I was about to get up and get ready for the day. And I looked at the clock, and I realized I had lost that entire day. I have no idea how it happened, but it's clear that I had a severe low blood sugar overnight, And I was passed out and not conscious for quite a bit of time after that. When I finally came out of my stupor about 4 o'clock, I was completely confused. And I felt like I got hit by a bus. It was the worst feeling, both physically and psychologically, that I could ever remember with type 1 diabetes. It was just terrifying. 
And not knowing what was going on, what had happened, and how I lost an entire day of my life, it just threw me for a loop. The impact of having a low blood sugar is twofold. The first is the physical ramifications. And the second, and really the more scary implications of having a severe low, are the psychological effects. For me, the psychological effects were feeling completely out of control. I had no idea what was going on, and that was absolutely terrifying. I really hope this never happens to you. But if it does, I want to make sure that you have the tools to take care of yourself, both physically and psychologically, after a severe low. So what is the impact of having a severe low blood sugar psychologically? Let's start off by talking about that. The first thing, as I mentioned what I experienced, was feeling completely out of control. And as we know, as people with diabetes, being out of control is the last thing that we want to have happen. We want to be in control of both our blood sugars and our emotions. And when that's not possible, we feel like we are really off balance. The next thing that happens is we tend to be hypervigilant after a severe low blood sugar. We are very anxious about our blood sugars. We're watching our CGM or our meter on a regular basis and checking more often than we normally do. This is completely normal. The last thing we want is for the same thing to happen again. And we feel like the more vigilant we are about what we eat and how much insulin we take and how frequently we check our blood sugars will make it less likely to happen. The third thing that happens is re-experiencing. And this can be as severe as nightmares and flashbacks, or it can be intrusive thoughts and replaying the incident again and again in our minds. When we re-experience, it helps us to process what's going on, but it can also increase our anxiety and really hold us back. And the fourth impact of having a severe low blood sugar on our psychological health is avoidance behavior. Avoidance behavior is trying to stay away from things that remind us of what happened or that could put us in a position of having the same event happening again. And I know from personal experience that I never, ever want to have a severe low again. So I do what I can to avoid it. However, we need to be careful here because sometimes avoidance behavior can take things a little too far and we start avoiding managing diabetes and making sure that we're safe both now and in the long term. I also want to be clear about the difference between physical and psychological recovery after a severe low blood sugar. After having some time to reflect about my experience with severe lows, I was able to recognize a couple of things about myself and about the differences between physical and psychological recovery, because they are quite different. The first part of my physical recovery is I was able to realize that my body actually saved my life. I was not able to take glucose. I was not able to give myself glucagon, and I was all alone when this happened. And my body was able to bring my blood sugar up on its own. Now, that's not something that I want to rely on in the future, and not something that I want you to rely on. 
But knowing that my body had my back in that instance was really helpful for me both physically and psychologically. But after that low blood sugar, I felt like I got hit by a bus. It was exhausting. And my mind was not clear. My body was exhausted. And that exhaustion lasted for a couple of days. But over the course of the next couple of days, my energy level came back and my body took care of itself. It healed itself from the physical aspects of that low blood sugar. However, the psychological recovery took a little bit longer. For several weeks after that severe low, I was terrified to go to bed. After all, that's where the low happened, in bed. I was terrified to bowls for dinner because most likely this low happened because I took too much insulin at dinner time and I wasn't even aware of it. And I was pissed off at diabetes for making me feel terrified. And so the cycle continued. I was scared, which made me mad, which made me even more scared, which made me even more mad. And it was a cycle of psychological recovery, which made things a little bit muddy or maybe even a lot muddy. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, I felt completely out of control and I felt completely helpless. I remember thinking to myself, I'm like a sitting duck. I never know when diabetes is going to strike again. It struck completely out of the blue this time. When's it going to happen next? And that was terrifying. What helped me get through that time was allowing myself time to recover psychologically, but also getting back on the horse and getting evidence that I can trust myself, I can trust my body, and that I'm able to manage my diabetes well. Seeing this as a one-time incident and recognizing that just because it happened this time does not mean that it's absolutely going to happen again. Can severe low blood sugar happen? Of course. But it doesn't mean it's going to happen on a regular basis, especially if I'm able to manage my diabetes effectively and being aware of what's happening in my body and in my mind to keep myself safe. But I think the bottom line here is I realize that there's actually a really big difference between physical and psychological recovery. I learned that even though my body was working just fine, and even though my body had recovered from the severe low, it took me a lot longer for my mind to get back to the same place. It was at least a month, if not more, until I felt comfortable going to bed, until I felt comfortable bolusing for my food. And I consider myself lucky that I recovered that quickly. I know many people who've had a severe low and have never been able to recover. And if that's you, or if that's someone that you know, I want to help you. I want to be able to give you resources, tools, and reassurance that recovery is possible. What I learned after this incident, as well as in my work as a psychologist working with people with type 1 diabetes, is that dealing with severe low blood sugar and dealing with the physical and psychological recovery after a severe low blood sugar takes a plan. And today, I want to give you a plan that you can use right now before severe low blood sugar ever happens, as well as, God forbid, if you do experience a severe low blood sugar, a plan you can put in place in order to recover from that severe low blood sugar. 
This four-part plan includes education, behavior, mindset, and support. So let's talk about each of these one by one. Step number one in this plan is education. The first part of the process is learning what is a normal response to low blood sugar, both physically, but more importantly, psychologically. A severe low blood sugar, which I define as a low blood sugar that requires assistance or in which you were not conscious, is a traumatic event. And when that happens, we have a trauma response. Our body and our mind tries to process what happened. And sometimes that processing is challenging. We are hypervigilant. We are avoidant. And we tend to re-experience. We tend to replay the incident in our minds over and over again. And I want to assure you, if this is happening or has happened for you, that is a completely normal response. What should happen, though, is after that, after about a month, Those symptoms of hypervigilance, avoidance, and re-experiencing tend to get less intense, and eventually they go away. If they don't go away, that's something that you want to pay attention to, because that may require professional support. Also, you want to make sure you're educated about your body's response. What happens when your blood sugar goes low in your body? Very simply put, your liver is the key to bringing your blood sugar up. Your liver holds glycogen, which is sugar that's stored in your liver that is meant to regulate your blood sugar in combination with glucagon. When your blood sugar goes low, your pancreas releases glucagon, which triggers the release of glycogen from your liver. And your body will recover from that low blood sugar, hopefully with that glycogen. So understanding what happens can make you more confident that your body is there to have your back, even though sometimes it doesn't feel that way. I also want to make sure that you're educated about how to prevent low blood sugar, making sure that you have limited insulin on board when you go to bed, making sure that you have glucose by your side, and making sure that you know how to use glucagon if necessary. Education is the key to making sure you're steady on your feet, And while a severe low can definitely knock you off of your feet, we want to make sure that most of the time, if not all of the time, you have the education and resources to be able to stay steady on your feet with type 1 diabetes, even if you have a low. Step number two is behavior. What I know for sure is that one thing you have control over is your behavior. And when you have a severe low blood sugar, your instinct is going to be to avoid. And of course, you don't want to have a little blood sugar like that again. That is terrifying and not at all safe. But at the same time, we don't want you avoiding forever. We want you to be engaging in your behavior in ways that are safe, in ways that you know work, and not letting your mind get away from you while avoiding anything that could possibly send your blood sugar low. So as part of that, I want to encourage you to make a plan, to make a plan for how you'll come back into the world and behave and manage your diabetes and live your life after a severe low. That's step number two. Step number three is your mindset. After a severe low, you're going to have all kinds of thoughts and emotions about what just happened. And as I mentioned before, 
these are normal. You may feel out of control. You may feel angry. You may feel helpless. You may feel like a sitting duck. And you have thoughts like, I can't take this, or I can't deal with this sort of stress. These are all very normal. And what's important is not the fact that you're having them, because we expect you to have them. But what's important is how you react to these thoughts and these emotions. That's your mindset. If you're able to see them coming and recognize that they may not actually be accurate, that can help you. You have the ability to catch your thoughts and catch your emotions and frame them in a way that's going to be accurate and also helpful for you. And if you're able to do that, you're going to be able to recover from that severe low psychologically much more quickly. And then finally, step number four is activate your support system. Type 1 diabetes is never a do-it-yourself condition. And this is not the time to keep things to yourself. If you do experience a severe low, you need to activate your support system. You need to let other people know what you're experiencing and what happened so they can help you and support you through what you're going through. I remember after my little blood sugar incident I talked about a little while ago, I kept things to myself. I was so shameful and so scared of telling anybody what had happened because I was scared of what they would think about me and how they would treat me. And I was so self-conscious about my own experience, I didn't tell anybody. That was a big mistake. I really wish that I would have activated my support system earlier because I really believed that if I did that, it would have given me the support and the strength that I need to have recovered more quickly from this traumatic event. Just a quick recap of the four-part plan for how to deal with a severe low blood sugar. Step number one, education. Step number two, behavior. Step number three, mindset. And step number four, support. So how do you put this plan in action? And I want to talk about two different times you can put this plan in action. The first is before severe low. So right now, before you've had one, and hopefully we'll never have one. And the second is after severe low. So right now, right here, I want you to review the plan and knowing that you have some rules and a plan to follow will help you become more comfortable in managing your diabetes well. I don't want you scared of severe lows because the chances of it happening are actually fairly low if you're managing your diabetes well. But I want you comfortable that if they do happen, that you will have the resources and support to deal with them psychologically. And then after severe low, if God forbid you do have one, Activate the plan. You have already reviewed it. And now is the time to put it in action. Look at your education. Look at your behavior. Look at your mindset and activate your support system. And now that you have a plan, you can put these steps into action and let them do their job. And that will help you deal with the psychological and the physical consequences of having a severe low. So you can recover from it as soon as possible. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor. Share it with a friend. Put a link in a text message or an email and send it to them and let them know how much they would enjoy it. 
that really helps me get the word out about this podcast so more people can benefit. And I always love hearing from my listeners. So please send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram. And of course, be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Oh,